Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to 2015's Ant-Man starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and a bunch of other people. Today my guest is my old friend Hannah Couture. Hannah, how's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Good. So I realized when I invited you on to talk about this, like I remembered uh, you dropping some references when we did a podcast on Wonder Woman about exactly this time a year ago. I was like, oh, yeah, Hannah knows the MCU pretty well, I guess. Cause <laughs> I, I remember you making like a couple of like references to stuff like Captain America First Avenger that like I, even I couldn't have like pulled out. But I was like, I don't actually know what her feelings are on like the whole entire thing at this point. So before we even like get into the nitty gritty of Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was just kind of curious, like, because I went back and I even like looked at your uh, review of Infinity War on Letterboxd, and all basically <laughs> all basically was was a joke about the leftovers, which I'm totally there for. But I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, really I, don't really I don't, act, I don't actually know if she really liked it or not. So I'm kind of yeah, curious where where were you at with the MCU at this point? Just how they? I mean, Black Panther's still my number one movie of the year, and I'm sure you probably enjoyed it like most people did, at least fairly well. But I, I mean, where 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 are you as we kind of like get to this point, going into this movie and what were you set up for and hoping for based on how you were feeling at the end of Infinity War? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a big fan of Black Panther, too. I think pretty much everybody who saw it was. And I think that, like, it's sort of, I mean, it's not really related to Ant-Man at all. But one thing that they do have in common is that they're um, they're sort of self-contained. Insular, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and that was, like, I wasn't a huge fan of Infinity War. Like, I thought it was fine, and, like, there was stuff in it that I liked. But it was really, I thought, the first one where you could, at least for me, like, sort of feel the franchise starting to, like, collapse under its own weight. Like, there was just so much stuff happening from, like, sort of branches of the MCU that I don't particularly care about. And it was so long, and it was sort of like, all right, enough. Like, <laughs> move it along. You know? Yeah, for sure. So that's part of the... I mean, I was looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp because I like the first Ant-Man movie, mm -hmm. but also because I knew, like, oh, it will just be, like, a fun, like, nice summer movie where I don't have to remember everything that a hundred characters have done well so i don't know if you like read a bunch of it about it going in but you, you kind of had that expectation going in i was more curious i'm like how are because i don't even know if i i might have watched one of the trailers but i didn't really watch it anything else after the first time i saw it so i didn't really have a strong suspicion like where are they going to place the whole rapture thing for i'm just going to call it the rapture like i don't know what else yeah. to call it but for lack of a better term i don't where are they going to place that within it is that going to be something that's just plays a big part in it or is it going to be kind of separate so you kind of went in kind of expecting a more another self-contained story and i think that's pretty much what we got and i found myself for the most part pretty able to forget about everything else that was going on i think that's probably one of the bigger compliments you could give the movie yeah i mean i think i had vaguely seen something about like oh it falls in a place on the timeline where it's not going to be an issue plus like ant-man isn't in infinity war so you're like okay it's because there's another Ant-Man movie coming and it will be its own thing. Right. But I had, cause I know you don't really like to watch trailers. I'm a big trailer person. I don't really care about it. Like spoiling stuff. So I had seen the trailers for this movie had all been really fun. I thought mm -hmm. and like looked promising. So gotcha. I was excited. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, so I, I still actually get once, once I figured it out, I'm like, okay, they're not really gonna, I, I kind of figured out at some point, okay, this is probably going to be its own thing for most of the way through, but I still like that. I still kind of like that feeling where, every now and then like we're in the middle of something fun i was like it could happen now you know <laughs> it could take a weird turn and i i enjoyed that feeling of uncertainty and i found myself able to both enjoy this movie for what it was doing on its own while also like kind of actually enjoying that dark cloud 
and I was fine that it didn't really come till after the first credit sequence. But like, I don't know. I thought like I was able to get lost within this story, and I don't know. I thought they did a pretty good job of that. So, what what, what did you? How, how did you feel overall about the movie? I mean, it sounds like you had fun. Oh yeah, I really liked it. That's uh, that's funny. Like real quick, that's funny that you are talking about like oh like wondering what when the. Uh, infinity war was going to come into play i that didn't even occur to me at all oh, i was thinking was, i was i was thinking about it the whole time i i didn't i wasn't thinking about it at all until like <laughs> after the credit sequence like that happens and i was like oh right this is like <laughs> around the same time of, as all of this like i thought it was it, it did a, a really good job of just being like this is just like a fun little like caper on the side and we're gonna worry about all that later but yeah no i had i had a really good time i think it's a it's a really fun movie and i don't know it's it's I think I liked it better than the first Ant-Man, um, but I do. I like the first Ant-Man quite a bit. I, I, I hadn't watched the first one. I don't know if I'd ever rewatched it since I saw it in theaters. It's uh, on TV ago. a lot now, so right. I've seen like bits of it again. So I saw I, I saw I went to Ant-Man and the Wasp opening night, and then I think Saturday night I was just sitting at home. I got back from basically like I was just like really like sitting. I, I went down to a burger festival in Miami, which was really actually kind of terrible and. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be there for like two hours longer than I was, and it was so bad. And I just like came home, and I was in a bad mood because of that. I thought I was going to just have an awesome time eating a bunch of burgers. They all tasted really bad. And I was like, that was going to be my whole night. And I got back home at like 9 o'clock like thinking like, man, I was supposed to like be out having fun all night, and I'm just sitting on my couch. And I turned on TNT, and I was like, oh, there's Ant-Man. So I was, like, I I, was also watching it on TNT right. on so, Saturday. So I was like, okay, well, this gives me a good thing. to like, I can prepare and be a little more informed about it. And I don't know if I can really like – Say for a fact, if I like, I kind of actually more definitively came to the conclusion at the end of uh, Guardians Two that I was pretty confident I liked it better than Guardians One, and I don't know if I have a strong opinion yet because this movie is definitely it's it's I think it definitely did its own thing. The first one it was a heist movie, but I don't actually think after I rewatched, it, I was like, I don't know if the heist itself is actually all that interesting. Like it was still really mm-hmm. really fun, but like it wasn't like the most intricate heist aside from like him surfing on ants. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And then once the heist was over, like there were some really cool moments in the first one where with him and Corey Stoll like fighting in the briefcase, like some really like and, and then like the Thomas the Tank Engine fight. Like that stuff is yeah, like, like really that. that stuff is like I'd forgotten I'd totally just like forgotten about that sequence. I'm like this stuff's really cool, but the heist itself is just kind of whatever. And Corey Stoll himself is kind of whatever, but everything around them is going on that's really cool. Um here I, I I thought the ghost character was pretty interesting and more interesting than the Corey Soul character was in the first one. And I don't know. I I was kind of I I, I could have t- I was kind of take it or leave it with Walton Goggins, but that that got us to the truth serum scene. So I was like, all right, if that's if that needed to happen for us to get the truth serum yeah. scene with Michael Pena, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, well, this one doesn't really have like one villain. Like, I mean, Ghost is the villain, but then there's sort of the, a turn halfway through where it's like, oh, well, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's character was helping her, but also she was a victim of, like, this attack, and that's why she's doing it. And then Walton Goggins is, like, on the side. Like, it was one that, that which is one of the things I like about the Ant-Man movies is that there is, like, no pun intended, they're on a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. that they're just, like, you know, just these sort of criminals doing weird little jobs, and they're, like, various sort of, like small time criminals trying to prevent them from doing well, stuff. It, it, well, in the first one, it was Hydra yeah. trying to. It was it was Hydra trying to buy the weapons, and like who knows what they would have done with it. I, I really like the joke in the first one where it's like, oh, they're Hydra, but they're different now, <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, sure, but it's also not like something you, that will affect the entire universe. 
Probably not, not in the immediate future. And here, it's like definitely not the case. I mean, like they're trying to steal his technology, um, but like it's kind of the same. Walton Goggins, who knows exactly what he's going to do with technology, but like he doesn't have Thanos type plans. And Ghost just wants to like fix herself. And it's a, it's certainly a nice change of pace after just like what we had to deal with in Infinity War. I totally agree. That's like probably the best part about him is that you don't have to like have those kind of ridiculous stakes all the time. Yeah, and I think like going forward with these movies, kind of like this is really the the kind that I prefer like this or something like black Panther where that's on a much larger scale and is like a much more dramatic movie, but it's like, we're going to tell the story of like this one thing. Cause I think now there's so much going on that infinity war, I, a lot of infinity war. I was like this, like now we're in space all the time. Like there's just, there's too much. Like, I don't know. That's what I appreciate about this one. No, I totally agree. And I, I, I want to talk about just the, the story in general, because the first one was largely about how the there's a lot of hope being like really mad at Hank because she just doesn't get to do her thing. And then she totally gets to kind of be way, way more of a badass than Scott in this one, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It, it did kind of suck that like she was sidelined for a lot of Ant-Man, but I think yeah. it, it kind of it does make I mean, it's not like there was a really it was not like there was a bad reason for that because we learned in the first movie about like what happened with Janet and it's totally understandable that like, and they even discuss it directly in the first movie where he's like, where Scott's like telling her like, look, your dad doesn't give a shit if I die, but like he obviously cares about you. That's why he recruited me in the first place. But here, like we don't really have to concern ourselves with any of that. And she just gets to like do cool stuff like right off the bat. What did you, what did you think about hope and Evangeline Lily and that having that whole, her presence in this movie? I liked her a lot in this. I thought it was fun um, that, yeah, that she did sort of get to be the one who was, like, better at actually completing all the missions. And I like the design of the wasp suit. I think it's it's mm. cool. And, like, this is another thing about, like, why maybe I liked this one better than the first one is that the first Ant-Man, like, any – I think we, we talked about this when we talked about Wonder Woman is, like, you always have to go through origin story stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even though it's justified within the story of the first Ant-Man where it's like, oh, like – he doesn't want hope to end up the same way as her mom. And that's why they have to recruit Scott and like go through all of this. It's like, now that we're on the second installment, it's like, we can just hop right into it and they can both be in the action and we don't have to do all of that. Right. And they did have to do a little bit of legwork to get it off the ground because, but I I actually kind of like how they tied it in because I mean, you don't really, he's like, uh, like it gets referenced, I guess, in, infinity war like what where he and hawkeye are it's like oh they took pleadios or whatever or stuff like that and so it gets it gets briefly referenced there but it's you can't just totally ignore it after the fact because you did have him like sitting in a prison cell at the end of civil war so but it was kind of funny how they got there though with they they they, it wasn't like the most boring groundwork to get to the cool stuff ever and that you had the funny thing with the ant sitting in his place and then mm-hmm. and then and then she also kidnaps him but they they even still have fun with the whole house arrest thing because i thought randall park was actually pretty hilarious he's really um, funny in this yeah so like all the stuff that's like actually all the legwork that you're having to do to actually get to the the guts of the movie is actually pretty funny and entertaining in its own right and i i, I mean the kid the kid that plays his daughter is actually really cute i think and she's great and like maybe maybe a little wittier than just about most six or seven year olds or whatever she's supposed to be but it's whatever she's actually really funny and how like they're having that whole opening sequence when they're running around the house and she she's like kind of aware that it's not real but like it's still playing along in a fun way and it's really i love that though like the really elaborate 
thing that they build with like the slide going all the way down. Right. I have some questions about how he can afford that kind of rent in San Francisco to, oh for, my God, for, I know for, house. for a place that's that big for a guy that like was working at Baskin Robbins at the beginning of the first movie and uh, doesn't really have a job now. But uh, regardless, uh, still, it was very fun to watch. And I liked how they did all that. And then they, and then, like you said, they, they had those fun sequences with him and Randall Park and Michael Pena and the kid. And then, and then they're off to it. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that they really sprinkled in like a lot of really fun sequences just throughout the movie. Even once they got to the ghost stuff, like the thing in the school, like that was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like, that was like really fun. And apparently it took him like three, three days just to shoot that. I, I was listening to an interview with Peyton Reed, uh, that he did with the Sean fantasy at the ringer. And he's like, yeah, that was actually really hard to shoot because like they were all, they were like, both of them were different sizes through the whole thing. And like different perspectives. You have to go through. Cause it's like three and a half minutes of movie time, but it's like, and it's super entertaining, but it took him three days to shoot. So it's kind of funny that they did really take a lot of time and care to like go in just to make little short sequences like that, like a ton of fun just to go about like getting the suit, you know, like he still hasn't put the suit on at that point really, or they they still haven't gotten the, um, or, or is it, he didn't have like the original suit at that point. I guess he had a malfunctioning suit. Going in the school to get the original suit. To get get the refractors or whatever, whatever that were in it. I I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the science. Yeah, it's all just nonsense science. And well, I appreciate I th- when movies are like, this is all fake. Let's just... And there's a joke about it, too, where one point he's like, do you guys just put quantum in yes. front of everything? Yes, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I read in a couple of places where people are like, oh, this is just a bunch of gibberish and this science was just ridiculous. I'm like, going into this, I think... Comic the, book science. Yeah, I thought the movie, like, I, I just kind of accept that, like, these people are, like... I mean, I feel like there are some movies about science where it's just like, I don't know shit about science and now I feel lost. But I kind of accept going into this where these are people that deal with really, really advanced comic book technology that, like, I'm not not going to understand what they say. This isn't, like, I don't know, like, interstellar where people are actually going to try and, right. like, get into, like, the actual science and whether that stuff's possible. Where actual like, physicists were consulted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just, like, whatever. I know I'm not going to understand everything that goes into Hank Pym's technology. This is fun, whatever. But, like... But it's essentially magic, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's, like... It's like we need to get the refractor for this and that, and I'm like, sure, whatever. As long as you, we have a fun time getting the refractor for the thing, right. I don't, I, I don't particularly care. But you mentioned like, hey, they just put quantum in front of everything, and that's what I wanted to ask you is that, like, there's this whole through line throughout the movie, like you're dealing with Walton Goggins and you're dealing with ghosts, but like the whole thing is they're trying to get Janet out of the quantum realm and mm-hmm. where Scott went into in the first movie and then came out, and I guess he has a piece of her she planted something on him i don't that allows them to be somewhat connected and my my thing was how did you think the just the movie handled its storytelling in general because i almost think maybe they should have gotten her out a lot sooner not just not, yeah. just not just because of what everyone's saying and i don't disagree like michelle pfeiffer she's great all that like she should be in more than three scenes but she's on the poster of the movie like looking like the 60 year old michelle pfeiffer as opposed to like the 35 year old one we see in the flashbacks so it was kind of apparent to me like they're gonna get her so, like, it yeah. would have been cool just to be, not to have that be, like, the suspenseful thing that we wait till the end for because we know they're going to get her, and maybe we get her sooner, and she gets to help them deal with the other bad guys. That's that's one thing I wish maybe they could think they could have done differently. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that probably is the weakest element of the story is that the um, – I mean, I do think those scenes are cool. Like, the scenes in the quantum realm, like, look very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that they're just sort of – I, I kept sort of waiting for it. I was like, Michelle Pfeiffer's in this movie though, right? Like, where is she? <laughs> <laughs> like, we know that she's going to show up. I mean, it's fine. Cause like, I guess that they're more interested in these being sort of like heist movies or, you know, with these cool set pieces where things shrink and blow up and, you know, they rob places, but it, yeah. 
there is there is sort of a disconnect between those like fun like more not realistic but like scenes in the real world and then like all of the quantum realm stuff yeah i guess it's it's visually different from anything else in the mcu so that alone is kind of cool but at the same time i don't know if it's like the most suspenseful interesting thing when we're in there because i know that they're going to complete their task i well they, they did have the thing at the end where it's like oh did michael douglas or did hank pym come back like for a second because right. she's there and he's not and like we're thinking about it and then he but then he just pops out so that was like the one suspenseful part i'm like oh i guess they could kill him and i so at that point i was like oh i don't know what's gonna happen but aside from everything else it's like yes this is kind of they're counting down to zero and this timer they showed us a few minutes ago but like I never for a second thought that we weren't going to see her. So I was just like... No, these yeah. movies don't feel especially high stakes to me. <laughs> like, you don't think that no, I mean really and, bad is going to happen. Yeah, well, and like, or like even, I mean, I didn't even really... I asked you about Infinity War at the beginning, but I didn't even say, because I don't, I haven't really talked to you about it, but like, my biggest thing with Infinity War was I just thought the end was kind of dumb. I mean, like, I, I, I know all those, I, like, I, because I knew all those people were coming yeah. back because they were That's the That's a one. fair criticism, although I do like, I like that scene. I like that's actually probably my favorite thing about Infinity War, um, aside from the fact that I can make a leftovers joke about it, was just <laughs> like I did like that scene, but it doesn't you're right. You watch it and you're like, Well, but I mean they're all coming back. Well though. no, it was all specifically the ones that we knew had sequels already coming right, for their franchises. Exactly. I was like and I get that like now we know that like all the other ones are now on the table to die in the next one, and we'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll have an interesting way of getting to them. And I, I actually want to talk at the end of this about like how they're gonna connect us to the next one with captain marvel now but i was just like in that one i'm like i know all these people are coming back it kind of sucks a lot of the emotion out of the scene for me yeah definitely but, but like but like like at least here for, for like a moment i was like oh hank might die and i was like i actually actually genuinely worried about him i mean he's not <laughs> he's not like the most like charming or compelling guy by any means in this movie let alone the, the mcu but like i was like kind of worried for him for a minute because I, I like hope enough and i uh, we we're conditioned just to like the michelle pfeiffer character because of what we knew about her, I was like, oh man, this would really suck. So I, it was kind of weird because because we were separated from it. And I, at that point, I wasn't thinking about the rapture. And I was just like, oh, wow, this this could be like really sad. And then it wasn't. But still, like that left me with like <laughs> more suspense than just about anything that happened in the last 20 minutes of Infinity War. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's kind of like I, I, I just figured that was like one thing they could have done a little differently. But I still thought that like a lot of this stuff like towards the end, I think you mentioned it earlier, like all the stuff going on in the real world. Like I think I feel like we've seen like I don't I don't want to say we've reached like a saturation point with like car chases in movies. But I mean, I feel like I we see them in a lot of action movies and they're fairly rote at this point. So it was kind of yeah. it was pretty a pretty fun sequence that not only did we have the car chase, but then like you had Ant-Man using like a car as a skateboard and fun <laughs> and, like, really and like fun visual gags like that. And it's like, wow, like there, and I, I, cause at that point I was like a little annoyed at the movie for putting some of its other really cool visual stuff in the trailer. And I know we already <laughs> talked about how you don't really care about trailers and I, and I do, but it's like, I knew that salt shaker thing was coming. I knew that knife thing was coming. I knew the Pez dispenser thing was coming. It's like, it was cool that it showed me like another really cool thing. In addition to like Scott being the size of a third grader in the school, like it's, yeah. it's, it's it saved a lot of stuff. Whereas I've been worried going in like, Oh, I've already seen all this in the trailer you know a lot of the cool stuff was in the trailer but i do like that's just a thing i like about the ant-man like the premise of ant-man is that it gives them a way to like have a lot of fun with like a chase sequence or you know a heist like i i like the thing with the pez dispenser yeah and, like i love uh the thing about them keeping all of the cars in the hot wheels case <laughs> like it's just lots of like fun details like that and yeah. i mean 
the, the building shrinking and having the like suitcase handle on it. Oh, that it's was hilarious. cool. Cause, yeah, because I, mean, I was like, that's really weird. I feel like we would have learned about that in the first one. But like, then I watched the first one. I was like, nope, that was not part of the first one. It was just all in his house. And I, it, it, but it is really cool because like we've already talked a lot about how like these movies are obviously very tonally different from a lot of what else is going on within the MCU. But it makes it like really visually different too because I mean. There's some different visual things you might get here and there with, like, Spider-Man's powers being so different from everyone else. It makes his fights a little different. But, like, for the most part, like, all those other characters have, like, such distinct – such relatively similar powers. They're just kind of big. They're strong and they can fight that it's, like, you have to pull off something as elaborate as, like, the airport sequence in Civil War or the – the scene where they're all doing their powers to tie Thanos's ha- Thanos's hands in Infinity War. Like, you need to have them all come together to do stuff like that to make anything that's, like – as visually interesting and at least in like black panther like wakanda just looks so different they had such a cool backdrop for the fight and it's really high quality hand-to-hand combat but it's like there's so many more things they can do in ant-man that like make it like super fun like well yeah and just the fact that like it that the tone of this one is so different like this is i'm basically like a, a straight comedy compared mm-hmm. to like i mean i can't think of like lots of most of the other MCU movies like have jokes in them but it was it's nice to to see one of these like a superhero movie where like it legitimately had like funny jokes that I actually laughed at as opposed to like I mean like Spider-Man I guess you know he like does he has like quips as he's like fighting people yeah, I, like, I, I, I actually I actually didn't like the Ned character in Spider-Man and a lot of people really liked him and yeah I, was but, like, I, I mean I didn't, I didn't think his like jokes that. were that funny um but yeah i I get what you're saying and especially compared to like some of the other like some of the dc movies where there's just like no humor or fun to be found anywhere yeah except for except for wonder woman that we talked about like wonder woman actually had like legitimately funny stuff whereas like everything else is unintentionally funny (laughs) in those movies but it's cool that it does pull off all that stuff and uh the, the one of the more interesting quotes from that peyton reed interview i listened to was that like they asked him like what were you going for in this movie to like make it different from just being like a heist movie like the first one he said i wanted it to be like if elmore leonard wrote a science fiction novel that got turned into a marvel movie which right. is like um which is like a real mouthful and i, I guess i don't know if I've, i i think there's maybe a couple maybe there's an, an elmore leonard movie i'm thinking about other than like jackie brown and out of sight um those are the two that come to mind when i think of like well, adaptations or like did you watch justified i did not so oh that's him yeah, that's based on it. Yeah, exactly. It's based uh-huh. on an Elmore Leonard short story, and okay, Walton so- Goggins is terrific in that show, and he's like sort of playing the same character really? in this, where he's like you know an- the antagonist who has these like weird monologues. See, I've, so. I've always heard that it justified like peaked in season two. So it's like hard um, for me to it like. Did. Get... It's good all the way through, but season two is the best one. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I'll. Maybe, now, now you've. I love that, that show. So it's not like something like Dexter where someone's like, oh, it's so awful by the end. And it's like, that really does not make me there excited to start. There are six seasons, and the fifth one is bad, but the rest of them are good to varying degrees, like sometimes great. Okay. So, so maybe, maybe I will go watch it. But I, at first, <laughs> I was like, when, 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 I, when I heard that quote about, he said about that, that I was like, I, I'm thinking about like Jackie Brown and Out of Sight. And it's like, oh, I can kind of see that because they have all these different strands that are kind of com- converging together at the end. With the, and they're about well, like fun criminals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, with I mean Walton Goggins being crazy and uh, Ghost being just very weird and unique, and them having their own thing to deal with her. And um, I, it's it's funny that it does have these like all those. I mean, the Walton Goggins stuff is is largely goofy, but the stuff with the quantum realm and uh, Ghost is like very serious. But at the same time, they're able to fit that in with all the fun stuff we just talked about a few minutes ago, and it doesn't feel like they're jumping through different kinds of you're not getting total whiplash i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah 
was there anything else I didn't touch on that you were kind of curious? Oh, well, I didn't. I guess I didn't talk that much about Michael Pena. That was the other thing I wanted. That's to That's what talk I was going to bring up next. Yeah, yeah. like you got you got to talk about him, and it's kind of cool because like they just kind of went back to the same well with him, except and leaned into what worked so well in the first movie with him mm-hmm. doing like those long rants about stuff and like i didn't care i was like you're doing the same thing but you're doing it so well and michael pena you're great and like yeah. he had like he actually i'd forgotten that he got that involved in the action in like the first one and they kind of come in at the end here but he's like an integral part of the heist but here it's like we're just gonna have you say a bunch of funny shit and i was like all right cool i'm here for that yeah no i think he's incredibly funny in this movie and i was like really excited when there's he has the another scene in this one where he does a long rambling story and they keep cutting back and they did that twice in the first one but it works so well why would you not have him do it again and it's also because you know movies like this there's always like exposition that you got to get through if you found a really fun way to do it like keep doing it right and i've heard some people criticize like I guess it is kind of a trope. I hadn't thought about it when it happened, but like when Ghost gives her whole backstory when she has him in prison, and that is kind of a thing that happens like a lot in pop culture is that the bad guy has like the protagonist in prison, and that's when they decide to like rattle off like their entire well, it's history. It's the Incredibles thing, but like you got me monologuing. Like oh, there's yeah. always. <laughs> Hey, that's, it's kind of hey, that's like another movie that happened. It's kind of funny. It's like the last two superheroes that came in in the last month were similarly like about the female superhero like being like way yeah. better than the male. Like, that was one that's other true. parallel I kind of thought about with regards to like that and The Incredibles. So that one's about Mr. Incredible taking a backseat to Elastigirl. But um, but yeah, no, like I, I, I mean. I like the ghost character, but like it was kind of like you said, it, we, we've seen that kind of thing before. But it's a them having the other way of like getting out exposition is kind of cool, and it's almost like riffing on that in the first place because like they're trying to get him to say a bunch of expository stuff, and then he just keeps like blowing past them and is like saying, "Oh no, here's how like Scott's life began." <laughs> he keeps yeah. like saying that over and over again, and that's pretty funny. I think that they've like the tone of these movies, the Ant Man movies, have like struck a good balance of like they're not like parodying like superhero movies or like making fun of them but they're sort of not taking the conventions of them super seriously in a way that yeah is like, fun. one of my bigger criticisms of something like the dc universe is like that those a lot of the villains like something like um like steppenwolf and which was like the weakest part of wonder woman uh like that didn't it's like this guy just wants to take over the world and there's really not much to him and the motivations are kind of dumb. And you could kind of say the same thing about something like the Walton Goggins character, but except he's like, there's like a level of goofiness to him that makes it so you don't take it as seriously as you like, this guy's not taking himself as seriously as it feels like a bag, like one of the more not as layered bad guys. Like if you want to call that's what ghost is, this Walton Goggins guy isn't taking himself as seriously as like some of the worst bad guys in MCU or like just about most of the bad guys in the DC universe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and again, like that's kind of what I was saying. Is yeah, that the stakes of this aren't the universe. It's like one kind of low-level criminal who sells tech on the black market, and then a woman who like has a legitimate, like tragic backstory, but without it, the, without them doing the Thanos thing of, you know, the fate of the universe, and also here is all of the horrible stuff that happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> some some horrible stuff did happen to her, and I actually think is that stuff. But that stuff's actually kind of interesting because I like how the movie. It's almost like I think it gets at that a little bit in the first one, but more so here, where it's like Hank Pym's not a saint, and it is kind of funny mm-hmm. that it doesn't let you forget that at the same time. I mean, like I said, I was kind of like worried for him when I thought he was going to die, but at the same time, it's like this guy seems like he was probably kind of a dick back in like the 1980s, and just like yeah. the way they talk about how he was at his company. So it is kind of funny that it's like not allowing like 
you to forget that. Like they, they could easily just make it seem like he was totally wrong by Shield and and everyone and no one would just recognize his genius. And there's like easy way it could go about that. And it's kind of interesting that it just doesn't totally deify him for lack of a better term. Well, and that's that's kind of what the Lawrence Fishburne character is for too. Yeah. Like come and say like hey like he was not a good guy when we worked together that <laughs> this is why i'm helping ghost but you know he comes around it's not again nothing super tragic is gonna happen in this movie i like um just like sort of semi-related but i really like the look of ghost's suit too like i really like the design of this movie what do you think what do you think of that actress i thought she was good i it was bugging me watching it where i had seen her before and she was in um, the She's, the the hour, the British TV show, and there was something else. Like she's mostly done like British television. She's done a bunch of well, she's been in like a bunch of stuff before that. Like I'm like I don't remember you, but I've I've seen that thing. It was one of those things where she looked familiar, but I couldn't. She was in Ready Player One, but I don't remember who she was in Ready Player One because she, she could have been one of the like. There's a bunch of like anime characters because like half of it's like in a my second life type thing and right. then she's in tomb raider which i saw earlier this year too i could not like so in and that's another one where walton goggins is the bad guy again to remember um, and then she was in like two different episodes of black mirror uh she's in, oh that's the other she thing was in was 15 saying. million merits and she was in uh i could now i remember because right before i got on i was like actually looking at her filmography before i called you and so she was in the playtest episode of black mirror and she's like the right. one that um that white russell hooks up with like on the dating app I'm pretty sure that's who she is, if I remember. That was the other thing that I recognized her from. Yeah, yeah. now I just clicked. I was like, I don't remember her either. Those Black Mirror episodes, but uh, but yeah, she and then she was like a First Order officer number one in Star Wars: The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. So good for her for getting in like a really big movie, even if like. Yeah, she know. hasn't been in that many movies, but they're all huge movies. Yeah, so good for and then she did like two episodes of Game of Thrones, but I mean, I don't. There's so many characters in Game of Thrones that like I cannot recall if you tell me who that person is that did two episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, good, good luck trying to pull that one out. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious because she's also and she like you said she's done a lot of British TV and it's like even stuff that like I kind of want to watch because I I do like those British crime shows. I just there's kind of a backlog of them for me because she's, yeah, in, she's in Happy Valley too, which I kind of wanted to watch. Um, but yeah, so like, I, good for her. It seems like people like know who she is, and she's a pretty good actress. And I thought she brought something to what was, could have, like, they they could have probably used to like given that character like more to do in in addition to like the little backstory we got. But like, I thought she brought a lot to it. And I'm well, and she was also the only kind of the only one in the main cast who wasn't like really famous or like really known from something else. Because I I kind of I tweeted about this, but like the supporting cast of this movie is stacked. yeah. It seemed like you recognized a couple people that I didn't know. Well, my my main thing is that in the in the flashback um, where you see how ghost parents were killed, her dad is played by Michael Cerveris, who is like a legendary Broadway actor who has won two Tonys. And like he's done some TV stuff, too. Like he was on Fringe. But I, I recognized him and I was like, but is that it? Like, is he com- did they ca- he's coming back? Right. Like, that's a person I recognize. Why would they cast him? So I'm curious if there was like a deleted scene, if that was a more extensive sequence before. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and, and it, 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 I mean, they brought back Judy Greer and Bobby Cannavale, who, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Bobby Cannavale, like, has gone between movies and TV for most of the century, but, like, I mean, Judy Greer has, like, gotten kind of known for, like, dropping into, like, big movies like Jurassic World and just, like, being in it for three scenes, which she kind of did well, yeah, in that and she's, like, happy to do here, I guess. Once so. again, they don't really give Judy Greer much to do in this one. But, yeah, um, but I, I, it's under, like, Judy Greer is great, don't get me wrong, but it's, like, 
how much time can you really spend with Judy Greer based on like who she is as the role? It's like, right. I, I guess if you wanted to like, it's put, not much of a part. If, 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 if you're giving her more than any, more to do, it's probably going to be like making her a damsel in distress, which is probably not the best use of her talents anyway. It's like, she's better than that too. So I mean, but she is an actor who like, whenever she pops up in something, I'm like, Oh, I like that. She's in this. Like, you know, then I felt like that this movie had a lot of the, like, I mean, we talked about Randall Park, who is an actor I think is really funny and like who else I feel like there, there were several times where somebody popped up in this and I was like, Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I feel like there, I feel like there are a couple others that like are definitely like aren't immediately coming to mind for me either. Like, I think there's, there's someone else I feel like I'm forgetting, but like it, it for sure had like a, a very, like a very, very, uh, deep bench. I, I'd forgotten that like the, uh, that, that that the one one of the other guys like at his company is Ti, which is kind of funny. That yeah. Ti is playing like a, I mean, yeah, he's like a criminal, but he's like playing a guy that's like almost like flustered at like the, like the smallest things, and is just yeah, like that's a cute j- little subplot being, about how like they have to make this pitch to this company because Michael Pena is busy with the <laughs> with this mission, and he's like, you'll do great, it's fine. Yeah, so uh, that that was pretty funny too. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, it seems like we're both on the same page and we had a lot of fun and i i hope they i hope they like i mean i guess they might make another one of these movies and i'd be perfectly happy if they do it's just kind of fun that like i I feel like whatever the next thor movie is assuming they do one even though it looks like the other characters that have been around since the beginning are going to be like uh phased out it seems like it sounds like they might they're more likely to make a fourth thor than they are to make like a fourth iron man or captain america movie yeah so i'd like while like those like that might move on like the next door movie would it seems like it would undoubtedly be bigger in scope than Ragnarok for better or worse like it just seems like that's the way that corner of the universe is headed but I would be perfectly happy if they kept making like smaller movies like this but I don't really yep. know what other character they're going to do that with like well, we don't know. Be small. we don't know like what's on the Marvel slate after Captain Marvel and the last Avengers movie. Well, I guess the next right? Spider-Man movie, because the first Spider-Man movie was kind of oh, small. Right, right, and they, they, I think they just started filming on it's what's it going to be called? Like far from home or something like that. So yes, that's it. And that is, I, I like Spider-Man homecoming a lot. And James Gunn and James Gunn tweeted the other day, like he finished, he turned in the script for guardians three. So that stuff is coming. Uh, but I, I mean, it just, uh, but just by nature of like those worlds, like it's going to be, and like they're they're it's not like in the works yet I guess or it's nothing's official but like how could they not make another Black Panther you know with, with how much well, money sure. that movie made so it's like but those all are, are going to feel bigger and I'm perfectly happy if they find a way to like keep working Scott into it kind of but still making these kind of movies because it was really actually that was one, that was one of the things I didn't mention that I thought was a lot of fun with this movie was just that like they kept teasing him about like whether or not he was actually like in the Avengers mm-hmm. and then and then Hope was like yeah you wouldn't have gotten captured if I went but like also it's like yeah I call him Cap that's what we call him <laughs> like that's yeah that's stuff. Was really it was funny because fun. uh, Civil War was on TV last night, so I watched part of that again, and I watched like the airport scene. And he, he, like Ant Man, does basically show up, and like everyone's kind of like, "Who is this guy?" And then, right. You know, doesn't get yeah. to do a whole lot, but yeah. Well, the, the last thing I want to ask you though before we finish was like, how do you, how do you, because we have eight months, I guess, now to wait before Captain Marvel comes out, and then there's only going to be like two months between that and Infinity War 2, basically. But, like, have you even thought much about, like, how Captain Marvel is going to, like, be the connective tissue here between the two movies, especially since it's going to be, like, a period movie set in the 90s somehow? Yeah, I mean, because we don't, we still don't know a ton about it. I saw, like, today or yesterday, actually, that they had wrapped filming. But um, they, yeah, as as far as we know, it's it's set in the 90s, so there's going to be some sort of, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, space-time connect. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure how they're going to tire in because how, how did we know there was a Guardians thing with it? 
Oh, I don't know that we we do in the movies, but in some of the the Captain Marvel comics that I've read, like okay. she at least the like the recent ish run that I read from a couple years ago, like she um, is in space for a lot of it and will like occasionally encounter the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if that's how they're doing it for the movie. And, I was just assuming. And, and Lee Pace is in the cast. That's the other thing. Yeah, he yes. played, played. Oh, Ro- that's the other plays, thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plays Ronan. So I guess that'll get worked in kind of, and they're gonna have to find some way for her to like. I don't know because I don't I don't know enough about like who any of these characters are who like the bad guy is um, in it out of like the people that are already cast. But uh, very curious to see like how that's going to work. She's obviously going to have to like find some way of traveling through time. I guess once she does go into space, and I don't know. I wonder if it's going to be like a total um, if if it's going to be like a total origin story or not. Like maybe she'll already have some command of her powers and then. We hit the ground running. If it maybe it picks up like right after Nick Fury sends that page at the end of Infinity War, mm-hmm. and and then there's some sort of flashback, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited though. Um, I I'm like, excited for it. I really hope it's good. <laughs> but yeah, do, do you like those directors? I like those directors. I do too. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a little annoyed that it's not just being directed by one woman. Like I get that like they're an established directing team and they're married. Yeah. <laughs> and like so, I mean, I get it, and that's fine, but. It was yeah, like I'm a, interested to see what they'll do with it. It's all um, so, and the and he he's the only credited male writer on it too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like there's like three other women. No, there's like it was like I, I didn't know until I just went to its Wikipedia. But there's like six women and then Ryan Fleck. But two of the women are the um, the creators of Glow, uh, Liz Flayhive and Carly oh, Mensch. I, I, I do you like Glow? I like Glow. I haven't um, watched it yet. Oh my it's god! It's like next on my it's, list. It's great, but uh, it's delightful. But I'm excited because like I like that show, and I, I had no idea they'd like gotten a. I mean, I'm sure they. I don't. You know how these movies work when they have eight writers? Like who knows exactly how much yeah, they who did? Has but it's like draft. But it's like what? cool that like they got to be involved in something like that too, because like I think it was pretty good. But yeah, they, the, but like the, I, I like the movie that they did, Sugar. Um, it's um, yeah, I haven't seen that one. So I mean, like I know you're not like a huge sports person, so I wouldn't expect no. you to. I'm not. I, I, I'm not going to blame you for not like going back and watching a, a movie, movie. About, a baseball movie, but also one that's like largely subtitled and about like a, it's like about a guy that like played minor league baseball, and it's like it's fictional, but it's like about what it would be like for like a Dominican player who's 16 mm-hmm. that gets signed to be for a major league baseball team, and um, the guy that like played the main baseball player in that is actually in this movie and he's like only he's like seventh on the like the list of people on wikipedia and he's done like two movies since sugar so i'm kind of excited to like see how they like work someone like that in but ben mendelson who's like pretty awesome in most things and was in when he was in mississippi um, grind mississippi grind which i like a lot yeah so he's in that and like jude law and who like i think's pretty good usually and yeah so i mean I'm very curious. Like, I, I'd, I'd imagine we're going to be getting a trailer for it at some point in the next couple of months because, like, at this point last year, we already had the Black Panther trailer, yeah. which, which was, like, kind of released in the same time slot. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just kind of want to talk about that for a minute because it seems like it's obviously going to be, like, really integral. And it's just interesting that, like, usually there's – I can't imagine, like, it's going to be that much origin story. Like I said earlier, like, I guess they might – like you said, they might have a little bit of a flashback, but you can only spend so much time doing it when they're, like – counting on like this being some kind of interesting tie-in where she's going to play a pivotal role going right into the infinity war too or whatever the, yeah whatever just, the hell yeah, like it. what I we know about it so far from the movies that we have so far it seems like we'll probably just get right in on the action but again like i don't really know yeah i don't know well gotta wait eight months and uh hopefully uh hopefully they don't they don't let us down because, I mean, uh, while I wasn't, like, super high on Infinity War, like, for the most part, like, it's been a while since I thought one of these movies just, like, wasn't good. So um, I'm excited yeah. for what they do next and uh, 
but yeah, it's uh, pretty much it. I uh, think we pretty well covered pretty much everything that has to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp or uh, what is, I guess, what some people might derog- uh, say is like in a derogatory way is Marvel filler. I thought there was a lot there to enjoy. And I yeah. um, I appreciate you taking the time to join me, Hannah. Is there uh, anything you want to plug before we go? <laughs> um, my Twitter is at H-G-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. Yeah, and as anybody is interested. Yeah, uh, Hannah drops in from time to time with some pretty spicy takes, so you never know. What do I? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I value your treats. I mean, it might be like once every three, da- three, three days, and it might be something about like a very extent weird TV show I've never seen before that you yeah, like, are really ton, into. But- yeah, but when you do, it's about something really random. So, I don't know, something for everyone. Uh, I'm Josh Jernovoy on Twitter, at J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. And maybe I'll get around to making a Twitter for this podcast at some point in the next uh, week or two. But until then, uh, stay tuned, because uh, within a few days of posting this, there will be podcasts on Sicario, Day of the Soldado 2, or whatever they ended up calling that movie. I still can't remember after seeing it. And um, lots of other stuff coming out in the next month. So, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.